Welcome to Off The Bench with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews, the show that covers all things NRL. Certainly does, and this is the show where we look at all the big news of the week. We'll catch up with Mitch Barnett from the uh, Newcastle Knights as they prepare to take on the Eels Sunday afternoon. It is the first week of finals. A man who's been there himself joins me, Scotty Sattler. Hello, mates. Hey, Jace and listeners. Um, great week. Great how week. will the players be Ner- feeling? Nerve-wracking week. Doesn't matter how many game. finals you play. Uh, very nerve-wracking week. Oh, I think sometimes when you haven't played finals, it's actually not a bad week because you don't know what to expect. It's not until you run out and you hear the crowd. Um, that's when you realise that the game has gone to another level. We, we saw it in Origin too this year too. So that's, these young players, they don't, they don't care. They don't get nervous, do they? Yeah, they've got no fear at all. Absolutely none. And, you know, once upon a time when you were when you were a young player, you were really conscious of not upsetting the senior players or making a mistake. But that's because when the game was semi-professional and, you know, we worked all day and you'd come to training, you didn't have that emotional connection with the senior players. Mm. Now they're full-time. I think their confidence comes from it's a completely different generation. But also they're with their senior players pretty much – you know, three or four days a week yeah. for five or six hours a day. So they, they work up those those uh, those really good relationships with senior players where you, know, you feel part of the family as opposed to feeling like a, uh, a um, uh, you know, you're outside of the circle. So, yeah, yeah it seems as though that the senior players, the, the, the older you get and towards the end of the career you get, the more nervous I believe you think you get because you've got to find something extra mm. in finals and mm. – and you're not quite sure whether you can until until the game starts. So, mm. yeah, guys like Jared Weir Hargraves and, and Josh Morris and those sort of guys, they've been here before. They've got so much experience, but yet you're always wondering, can I still keep going at this level? And yeah, so it's uh, it's interesting all the yeah the varying the varying emotions that you go through through a squad. What's the stat on Josh Morris? He made his debut. He made his debut in 2007 as the fullback for the Dragons. Yep against the Gold Coast Titans, and Preston Campbell played for the Titans. <laughs> so this weekend, he potentially plays his last game against Jaden Campbell. The son of. Freakish. That is. That's a great stat. That's a stat of the year. How are you today? I'm good. Oh, yeah, I know where you're going with this. Mm. I had to take my dog, Frank, his first day to kindy. Oh, God. <laughs> Thanks, Riley. First day of kindy, a little bit emotional. How old's your dog? Four. He's four next month. So we've been wanting to take him to kindy for quite a while. He actually wasn't allowed to go to one kindy because he was too boisterous. He wanted to jump jump around and all the dogs. He's too excitable. So we finally um, got over that rejection and we took him to another kindy and they said, yeah, right, bring him in and we'll do him a half-day assessment, they say. So as my wife and I dropped him off today, we took the lead off. He didn't even look back, just ran into the into – the, Establishment, and that's probably what shattered us the most. Like other kindergartens, do yep. they give you like a, a little pack, a survival pack with a tea bag and all that sort of stuff? Well, Beck actually had a backpack for him, like a doggy backpack. What? It's a doggy backpack. What? <laughs> There's no such thing. There is. It's like a little tiny doggy backpack, and it's see through, so you can see what's in there. It's like a couple of his little toys and. This is the same dog, by the way. What sort of dog is it? It's not a small dog. English Staffy. Right. So it's a big dog. That's Frank, yeah. Frank, and tough. Four Frank. years old. This is the same dog that doesn't go outside to poo because of the cat next door. It's scared of the cat. <laughs> this, is, this is, if you want to rob a place, 
Rob Satzers, because the dog dog's not going to stop you. <laughs> nor will Jack, nor will the kids. They wouldn't even know, would they? No. <laughs> oh, what's going on at your house? Time on Off the Bench to look back on the news of the week. I've got a cat tougher than your dog. <laughs> Seriously, this is incredible. I'm not a real cat person, but your cat is a handsome-looking cat. I've got two cats. I've got Max and Covey. Yeah, we named her after Covey. I think Covey's the, the real is the pretty cat. She's gorgeous, yeah. mate. Yeah, she's 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 a. Can I say it? Uh, no, she's not. I can't call her the B word because she's not a dog. But uh, yeah, four o'clock this morning, you should have heard what I was calling her because she wanted to play because mm. she's still a kitten. So she opens the blinds. She gets in there. Then she can't get out, so she meows. Then she comes and walks around my head. <laughs> Purring her head off, and then I cuddle her, and then my wife gets angry. And it's just so four o'clock, I'm up, wife's asleep, the cat's going, Oh, this is fun. I've got someone up with me now. Life's torture. <laughs> Suncorp is hosting the grand final yeah, this year. Big uh, news. What a surprise. Yeah. I not. mean, you moved all the families to Queensland. We never saw this coming. No, we never saw this coming, but we had to officially hear from the New South Wales government, who actually holds the contract till 20. 20- 47, I think it is, Yeah, right. Uh, the NRL Grand Final. So they officially had to be able to um, alert um, to, to, to be able to say that they can't host it. Yep. So until they say that, the NRL can't make a decision. If the, if the NRL just went ahead and made a decision, well, they'd be breaching a contract. So, yes. um, yeah, it was always going to go to Suncorp Stadium. At one stage, it looked like going to Auckland as well, which – yeah. But they've got their COVID issues at yeah, the and as then, well. Yeah, and then Jacinda Ardern uh, put a stop to that about probably two weeks ago. So uh, I think it's a really good opportunity for South East Queensland and for the NRL as well. You know, the NRL and have always been hearing from all quarters about, yeah, we need to take the grand final to all these different places like Super Bowl. Uh, you know, I'm a traditionalist. So I love it that it's in the one, one, one place each year, like ANZ Stadium, like the AFL grand final, the MCG. So... Um, but this gives an opportunity, because of the times we're in, to answer some of those critics that have always wanted the game somewhere else. So mm. I think it gives the opportunity for the NRL just to just to test the waters. You know, if we do take it somewhere else and we take it to, to Brisbane, how's it going to be handled? You know, what's the corporate sales going to be like? Uh, 52,500 people capacity at Suncorp Stadium. So uh, it's a really good opportunity for the NRL to say, well, you know what, we, where hands are tied, we have to take the game there, yeah. but it gives us a really good opportunity to sell the game to another market. First time in 100 and something years Absolutely, that it's left yeah. Sydney. And I think it's an outstanding decision. I think it's fantastic. I, think, I, I reckon it's great. I mean, the grand final with a packed house. That's, you know, I think, Jason, you're all around. You are all over uh, TV ratings and, and – um, and seasons and whatever it may be. But I think because this is different this year, we can't play it in Sydney. We're, we've got to play it in Brisbane. I think they've got the opportunity to say, you know what, we're going to play it at 3.30 in the afternoon. Yeah, or twilight. Oh, I, I, look, luckily in New South Wales and Queensland, there's a public holiday the next day, mm. so the kids can stay up. But not all kids can stay up till 10 o'clock at night. You know, yeah. they, they fall asleep, little buggers. So uh, my kids nowadays, they're 14, so they can, they can do it. They stay up later than me. Um, but I just, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, mate. It was an opportunity for it to be a twilight game. Although in Queensland, it will be daylight saving. Daylight savings kicks in that day. Does it really? Yeah, so that okay. morning. So so it'll be uh, about a 6.30 kickoff in Queensland. Okay, it's still, still relatively a little bit of light. Well, that and and that's going to be okay for Queenslanders because so, it's good timing. Uh, 7.30, obviously, for our New South Wales listeners. So Because we look at TV ratings and they say, no, the ratings are always best on a Sunday night at 7 o'clock kickoff, whatever it may be, 7.30 kickoff. 
but since we've been relying on ratings, mm. you know, first night grand finals, 2001, Newcastle versus the Parramatta Eels. Yeah. I think since ratings have been, you know, quite prevalent in relation to when we have games, it'd be interesting over the last 20 years how that has shifted. If, if you had the opportunity to try a 4.30 kickoff, for example, and just see what the ratings would I reckon be that, like. I reckon that's the optimum time. Yeah. I reckon 4.30, which would be 3.30 Queensland time, might be a bit early for Queenslanders. Because um, as the war- weather gets warmer, I know New South Wales will still be in lockdown, but as the weather gets warmer, people are outside longer. Because you, just, you just keep hearing, you know, from all quarters of rugby league fans, I'd love to be able to see an afternoon week and have a barbecue. And, Absolutely. Um, the Intrust Super Cup preliminary grand final qualifiers are going to be the curtain raisers oh, they are. on grand final day. So two games as well. Who, who between? The well, Queens, don't know yet. Queensland the, teams. The Queensland team. So whoever wins those games goes through the grand final the week after the NRL grand final. They've, ex- oh, they've, right. they've oh, extended so the, the prelims. season. Sorry, yes, yes. So gotcha. they're, they're the two curtain raisers as well. So there's a, there's a full day of rugby league. Unfortunately, NRLW can't That's be been played. Moved, yeah. So there's two curtain raises, and again, we keep hearing about how good was it back in the day when you you started your barbecue at ten o'clock, and yeah. there was a, an under twenty ones grand final. Then there was a reserve grade yeah. grand final. Well, we've got that this year. Yeah, we've got we the have, opportunity yeah. to do that. I, I think I think it's worth testing. Yeah. Well, it won't. They won't. No, they won't do a- it. And the thing is, they get more bang for their buck from advertisers yeah. if it's nighttime, mm. and that that's how it is. And plus. But they need a strong lead-in with their news. So they'll have their news, then they'll have the grand final. So their, their news their news figures that day will just go bunter, absolutely through the roof. So it's not just about the game. It's everything around it as well, mate. So See, and, and I don't blame the networks. In, They're paying a billion dollars. And in reverse of that, I mean, I think your advertising revolves around the product. So if the product is moved to whatever time of the day, the people are going to be watching anyway. But you'd also think that if the game was played at 330 and telecast finishes at six, for example, your news has got all the day's sport. Yeah, people don't hang around, mate, mm. after the grand final. What they'll do is they'll tune in earlier or they'll have the TV on in the background and that's classed as a viewer. Mm. So you might be out on the barbecue, finishing dinner, getting you ready to sit down or whatever, could be washing up, but you've got you've watched those pre-games, then you've got the news in the between, then the big game, that's the, that's the optimum for the networks. Okay. So um, it's it's very interesting. Look, I, I I don't care when it's on. We've got one. We've got a crowd. Fingers crossed that mm. COVID doesn't become an issue uh, in southeast Queensland. So uh, West Tigers. Um, it's been a, a another crappy week for this club. I want to ask you a question. I don't want to talk about is Madge going to survive or anything like this because we don't know. We hope he does. Right. Here's the question I have for you. Do you think the documentary did the club harm? Yes, I do too. I, I think it did. But I loved it. No, I know that. There's no it, point. We all loved risk. it. We, it's a huge risk when you when you open your doors. Forget about the risk. Let's go a step past that. I think, like you do, I think it actually damaged the team, and I think it actually it made some people look good. But I also think, in public perception, it's made Madge look bad. So they've had no success on the field. He's got a certain way of managing his team, which I like and you like. You'd love to play. You've said it a number of yeah, times. Yeah, absolutely. You'd die to play for someone like Madge. But do you think that may be one of the reasons why there's all this noise around well, him We have a soft club? underbelly in our, in our sporting landscape in some quarters. We have a really soft underbelly. And that soft underbelly will work towards um, Michael Maguire's coaching style as being archaic. 
Okay, what I what I took out of the documentary and why I felt as though that it, it harmed the club is that it exposed how weak mentally that playing group is and how they don't have – they've got a leadership group just because you think you've got to have a leadership group. Now, you don't form leadership groups internally as part of a process. Leadership groups groups just emerge holistically. They just – Naturally, right? Yeah, they just, they just emerge yeah. w- within the group. And you don't have to meet every week and discuss things, what's going in the club. boxes. Exactly. It just happens. And what it, what it proved to me and what it exposed to me is that they had a, they've got a playing group that has got a lot of skill, and they have. They've got a lot of skill. But what they're lacking is that mental resilience, that mental toughness to be able to sus- be sustainable for long periods of time. You know, like I've said a number of times, Jace. Um, what it did expose is that when they make a mistake, they isolate themselves. They become individual focused rather than team focused. And um, okay, can I put this to you then? And and I don't want to sound like an old fart going kids today, because it's not that. And I, I actually am concerned for the generation. Mm. I think this is a generational thing. Yeah, uh, Thursday was Are You Okay Day, mm. and. On Twitter and on Instagram, they're the two social media networks I'm on for, for work and like to have a look at some stuff. Um, I noticed that the only people posting stuff about are you okay was people around that age. It was really int- – it's a generational thing and I didn't see people around our age posting that, although I am a big fan and advocate for are you okay day. But it was really interesting and it really struck me yesterday that I don't think this generation – copes with pressure as much. I think they want to or they cope with it completely differently to how we do and match because we're all from the same generation and that really concerns me moving forward. It's not a criticism of no, them. No, I know exactly where you're it's coming a, it's from. It's society and I'm really worried about them. What, what I know, and I'll talk from a rugby league perspective and you talk about that age demographic is what I see is that they're a lot more emotional. Yeah, right. A lot more emotional. Yep. They'll go they're through in a, touch with their feelings yep, more. Yep. yep, they'll go through a range of emotions through one day as opposed yep. to years ago. And I'm not trying to compare apples to apples. I'm just told we're a sook and we're, we're this and that. And, and, and you look back, that's disgusting. Well, I've, I've heard stories where, where Phil Gould used to bring players, to the toughest men to tears with his halftime Tyros. individual addresses. But yep. then again, he'd get the best out of them in the second half. Um, yeah, we have moved forward and we have got players that are, are, are more in touch with their, you know, their feelings now and, um, and I suppose coaches are very special in the way that they deal with those players. I'll, I'll give you a quick example, just a really quick one about Michael Maguire and his style of coaching. When he coached that South Sydney team, many people say, yeah, but he had, a, he had Burgess and, and Inglis and Sutton. And It's that time for an off-the-bench Friday night preview. <laughs> what a Friday night it is. Can I just paint the picture in the Matthews household? <laughs> Homemade pizzas. Uh, this week we're trialling gluten-free... Um, bases? Yeah, well, no, not bases, flour. We make our own. Okay, yep. Right, because one of my daughters is now, Aria, the problem child, she's uh, now gluten intolerant because the $400 trip to the naturopath told us that. <laughs> so, so. She's she not a celiac? celiac. No, 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 no. Just okay. Uh, so gluten intolerant, uh, doesn't like, can't have dairy and all that sort of stuff. So mm. isn't she going to have a boring pizza tonight? Well, Stad loads up on triple cheese, <laughs> prawns, all that sort of is stuff. Is there one thing that you shouldn't have on a pizza? You know what it is. We well, talked about this. I think it's olives. Oh, no. Olives are great, mate. No. Nah. No, nah, great. Too salty. Now, one of our colleagues, Gibbo, mm. 
says he puts sun-dried tomatoes on homemade yeah, but, pizzas. Uh, no. But it's, doesn't Gibbo live like in, in the a northern city. peninsula or no, eastern suburbs yeah. or something? Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. I know what you think. He it would starts have – rhymes with anchor, starts with a W. <laughs> he would have sun-dried tomatoes and – Pesto. Pesto and rocket lettuce on and, a pizza. And artichokes. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, the, the fat of a yak or something. <laughs> Just what is – and won't be, no, won't be cow's cheese. No. It'll no. be like milked from a spider <laughs> and whisked for 48 hours at a certain room temperature. Garnished with some coconut. Uh, anyway, Friday night, uh, Melbourne versus um, who are they playing? The Seagulls. Seagulls. I'm now starting to think about sun dried tomatoes. What a game. Oh, it's mouth watering, isn't it? Uh, so much on offer here. This is where we start to look at the storm and say, yes, statistically, they have been one of their best they've ever been since coming into the competition. Statistically, they're better than when Cameron Smith was in the side. But this is when we start saying, are the Storm a better side without Cameron Smith? Because they haven't won a comp yet. They haven't won any games what? at the end of the season. So this is a huge test. Seagulls probably one of the teams you don't want to play going through the finals process. Uh, they've finished off the season with a uh, with a tsunami behind them as well. So, um, But interesting enough, I was listening to Phil Gould throughout the week. He had a really good statistic around David Middleton gave him from Channel 9 around Tommy Trebojevic when he has six, ga- six days in between games – his input level or his effect on the game halves. But the argument to that is big games, big players. But also, up. but also, who did he play? Did he need to? You know, I'd like to look at that and go, right, did they play a Bulldogs and he didn't need to? Or did he, you know, like, you know what I mean? Did, did, did the team spread the load and he didn't have to have such a yeah, big impact. Yeah, you know what I mean? Point. I mean, yeah. statistics don't lie. We know that. But there's always a, a good story behind stats, isn't there? Yeah, but there's different positions that inject themselves. doesn't matter who they play. Fullback is one of those. They have an overwhelming um, response to any game. Mm. Uh, so it doesn't matter whether you're playing the Bulldogs or you're playing Melbourne. They still have the same amount of input. Were these attacking stats or defensive stats as well? No, just well, mainly being a fullback, it's the effect that you have on attack. Mm. Yeah, like he's a tremendous... Defender as well because he's such a big body and yeah, so fast. Yeah, but yeah. this game tonight, there's so many matchups now. The one thing that the difference between Manly and say the Panthers is that they can spread, they can spread the the responsibility. If Tommy Chaboyevich has a quiet game, Daly Cherry Evans can play out of his skin. If Daly Cherry Evans has a quiet game, Kieran Foran can. Josh Schuster, throw him into the mix as well. So they have all don't these... don't underestimate Ruben Garrick. Exactly. So I mean, the highest point scorer record in the history of the game mm. uh, in one season. So, um, whereas Penrith, for example, if Nathan Clear is off, that bleeds through the rest of the side. Yeah. Melbourne are the same. Harry Grant, Bromwich. You've got Brandon Smith. You've got Jerome Hughes. You've got. Yeah, Cam Munster, the list goes on. So the teams that win comps are the ones that can spread the responsibility if one person has a not, an, an off night, and Manly can do that also. Who wins? I think Manly win, but not by much. I, I think we're seeing like a, a, mm. a, an 18-16 scoreline. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you. I think it's Manly, and I can't believe some betting agencies. Did I say Manly? 
Yeah. No, I'm in Melbourne. I reckon Manly. Mm. I, I can't believe some betting agencies are giving Manly an eight and a half start. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Gamble responsibly. Hey, this is uh, Off the Bench. Scotty Sattler and Jason Matthews. Got to go to a break when we come back. Chris Nelson's got some tips for Doombin tomorrow here on Off the Bench. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Certainly is Scott Sattler, Jason Matthews here, and time to bring in our in our racing expert. I'll get it out eventually. It was very hard to call him our racing expert. Yeah. It's very no, hard. Well, probably six or seven Why? weeks ago, it was fair to say that. Why? The last few weeks, we can say expert because, you know what, he's put a lot of money in people's pockets. He has. Mm. He has. Chris Nelson, uh, thanks to Racing Queensland. Queensland is your place to race this year. How are you, buddy? Going very well, thanks, uh, Jace, and going very well, thanks, Sat. How are you guys? Yeah, good. Big weekend of good racing, night. obviously. Uh, it's the uh, amateurs in Cairns. We've got some racing in Toowoomba. Actually, we're counting down to a big meeting in T-Bar. We've got some yeah. Gold Coast races. We've got Sunshine Coast on Sunday and Doombin Racing Saturday Arvo. Yeah, Doombin Saturday afternoon. And what I'm going to ask you guys to do and the listeners is to just go and find something to do in the earlier part of the day and come back and uh, tackle these last four races because I I'm pretty you're confident say now. in at least three of them. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, no. go and do something now. <laughs> Turn off. I wouldn't do that. All I right. would not do that. What are you packing, buddy? All right, here, all right, here we go. Race six, number two, Ballistic Boy was very good winning first up, and he's only going to be suited by the step up in distance. Another good draw, so he'll be fourth or fifth in the run, and he is just links better than those horses. So I think the price on offer is pretty good. Race six, number two. Race seven, number eight, Big Bad Bruce. I think he can be big and he can be bad on Saturday because he comes up uh, against mediocre opposition. He's drawn a good gate too, and his form at Doombin is, uh, is really good. Three starts there, this prep for two wins and an unlucky uh, effort where he finished less than two lengths from the winner after drawing a bad gate. Steph Thornton jumps on, replaces Ryan Maloney, who won't be able to get down to the 54. But Big Bad Bruce looks very, yeah. very hard to beat. You like Go Steph. On. You like Steph. That's just one of your favourite jockeys, isn't oh, she? And, and amazing talent on radio as well. She's yeah. outstanding. Why don't we get her to do this? Because <laughs> she can't tip. Jockeys aren't allowed to tip, guys. There Otherwise, you, you would have done that. Oh, she's not the rules. only one who can't tip. Jason. <laughs> oh, all right. Rough. Give and us race, one. <laughs> race nine. This is the best. Race nine, number 10, Dream Reacher for Jimmy Orman. Last start, second behind. We own a smart one. Absolutely powered to the line late at the end of 1200. They ran that race hard, so he's looking for further, and he gets that tomorrow. He gets that Saturday out to 1350. Down in the weights, lovely draw. I can't find a negative for Dream Reacher in the last race, Ooh, so you need to be patient okay. and wait for the last part of the day. So go and get your lawns done, your groceries done, all your yep. your haircut, yep. all of that sort of stuff, and be back in time for race six, number two, race seven, They're number eight. They're all doomed, aren't they? Yeah, and race yep. nine, number they two. They are all at. They're all at Doomer, but Sats, I know you like to have uh, an interest at the Gold Coast, so I'll mm. give you one tomorrow. Race three, number three, Vivid Flash for Chris Waller and Brad Pengelly. Unraced, did trial really well down there recently. I've been waiting for it to turn up, so keep your eye on Vivid Flash. Race three, number three. I always look at Chris Waller-trained horses. And? and because years, years have gone by, I used to always look at Pumper Cassidy. Whatever he was riding, I always thought, there's a fair chance it's going to come in the top three. Yep. You know, yep. and uh, well, Chris Waller has that many horses. There's a really good chance he's <laughs> exactly. going to finish in the top three. Or you're going to get a winner. Um, you know what? I, yeah. haven't, I haven't had a punt in Melbourne since Jamie Carr got suspended. What, in protest or what? No, I just oh. I don't know what to back. <laughs> you know what you do? You just look at the fire. I don't know what to pick here. Oh, what's Jamie Carr on? That'll do. <laughs> yeah. And nine times well, out of you, ten, you you're pretty find, good. 
you need to find another jockey down there now. Maybe Who's, Craig Williams or someone oh, like that. He's been around forever, hasn't he? How old's Craig Williams? He has. 103. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was Scott Savage that. Is he the second Thanks, best jockey? Seth. Is he the second best jockey down there? I don't know. Well, who's the first? Jamie Carr. Yeah, Jamie of course. Carr. She's the best in the country, isn't uh, she? Yeah. Look, I think I think they're an even bunch down there. I think uh, when you get the right rides, uh, you do very well. And she was getting all the good rides. It certainly it's... helps. So no, I, I wouldn't. I couldn't give you a leg up to who the second best jockey down there is. It's like Perth racing. You just look for what Pikey's on. <laughs> yes, that's all you that's do. That's different. Is it? He's he's head and shoulders. Yeah, right. Okay. All right. So here we go. Chris Nelson bagging Jamie Carr this afternoon. That's nice. Officially, (laughs) officially bagging Jamie Carr. Queensland is racing, and and Jamie Carr's not. That's what it says here. The action continues this week across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au, mates. We're going to let you go. We'll catch you next week. Look forward to it. Have a great weekend. A very controversial Chris Nelson there on Sports Day. Hey, I want to quickly run something by you before we go to the break. I'll just watch that Sunderland Till I Die. Yeah, I started watching it. I haven't watched it. Mate, it's brilliant. Mm. It's only two seasons. Watched, I think it's eight episodes per season. And it's about the Sunderland Football Club uh, in England and how they went from being in the the Premier League to the Second Division Champions League and how they got relegated down to the, um, I think it's called League One or something. Anyway, and I won't go into details about their battles to get back up and all that sort of stuff. But what I found really fascinating, Sats, is they have – and I reckon there's half an idea, and we've only got a couple of minutes, but I think there's a half an idea that we should talk about next week on Sports Day, mm-hmm. that you can have a trade window. They're, yeah. They've got players – We've always spoken about a trade window in rugby league halfway through the year and well, then they have during two. the finals. Yeah, well, they have, they have two. I, I, think there's, I think one's at the start and one is definitely halfway through. They have it in January. I love it, and I think it's a really good way that the bottom clubs could get a bit more cash and be stronger by trading off some of their better players, but you've got to develop your younger local talent to be Mm. able to replace them, and I love it. I love the fact that a club gets paid $3 million or a $1 million as a transfer fee. Now, we don't have those salary caps space here, but I love the fact that a club could be paid a half a million dollars for a star player, and then that player goes off their books. And that money shouldn't go on to their salary cap. I, I think it should come out of a, a special fund, like a transfer bank, a transfer fund that is controlled by the NRL and can only be activated through communication with the NRL, not the managers. You communicate through the NRL and you say, we want to use 200000 of that transfer bank, that transfer fund, and we want to be able to use that to go towards X player come to us for the rest of the year or whatever yeah, it may right. be. Yeah, mm. yeah. It'd be worth I'm discussing. A, I think we should. I, I reckon it's a great idea. I think it's and, – and you know what? It's what Wayne Bennett's been saying. Not, not that he's a fan of the, the trade thing, but it actually makes the club work harder on junior development mm. and looking after those fringe players and making sure they put the effort in instead of just trying to buy a team all the time. And you still only have 30 – still only have 30 players. You can't have any more than 30 players. I, I like it. Worth exploring. Rightio, this is Off the Bench with Scotty Sattler and Jason Matthews. When we come back, Mitch Barnett, he's getting ready for a big game against the Eels. We'll chat to him next. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Part of, uh, of the Sunshine Coast, Twin Waters, where the Newcastle Knights are bunkered down and getting ready for a huge game this weekend, elimination final against the Parramatta Eels. And we've got on the line one of their stars, back rower, Mitch Barnett. Mitch, how's life on the Sunshine Coast going, mate? 
Hey boys, yeah, uh, it's actually, it's not too bad considering uh, what life could have been like in, you know, back in Newcastle, uh, in lockdown there, but um, weather's been good and um, we, we trained today and had a hard day of training, so it's been good. And your fight, were you rested last week, were you have any niggling injuries, any sp- particular reason why you had the, um, the, the weekend off? Yeah, I just I don't I don't think Adam wanted me playing every game for the year, so he just gave me the last game off. But um, no, yeah, I just sort of cut the bumps and bruises along the way, and just yeah, the week off done me done me good. Do you like mm. it? Do you like having the week off? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I sort of I, the body sort of needed it, so yeah, I do like it. Uh, but it would have been good to play, uh, especially it's hard watching, especially the way we played. So, um, mm. yeah, I'd first play. Was it always the plan last week, Mitch, um, from Adam O'Brien to sit Kalen and Mitch Pearce down early in the second half, despite what the scoreboard looked like? Um, I'm not 100% sure. I think uh, he was planning to give Junior um, a spell at some stage. Um, but yeah, not sure what times and that, but, um, yeah, I guess, you know, you just thought oh, I'd better get them off and, um, save them for this week. That's a, it's kind of a difficult week. I imagine it was, you know, a lot of players sitting out, happened for both sides, the Eels did the same, but when you got a dead rubber, could you, could you sense that about the performance? I mean, it wasn't a, a great effort, um, against the, uh, the Broncos last weekend. Was it kind of, uh, plenty of players looking, just looking a week ahead? Yeah, I, I reckon that sort of showed up in our performance. Um, I think, yeah, a couple of individuals maybe uh, looking ahead um, and sort of, uh, I guess, maybe just not doing the things they would have done if the game was sort of, you know, to get in the semis or, you know, in a sudden death semi. So uh, I guess we're probably guilty of that. But, um, mm. yeah, we definitely won't be this week. No, you wouldn't think so. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, you're... Your only finals appearance was last year um, in that uh, the elimination final you guys went down to South. Is, it, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that was my first one, yep. So wouldn't be great memories of that, something you want to, you want to change this week? Definitely not, yeah. We, um, I remember last year we started real well and jumped out to a good lead and then, um, yeah, for what not. Oh, South's a good chance to take nothing away from them. But, yeah, we didn't help ourselves and um, they rolled through us and ended up beating us pretty easily in the end so it was very disappointing but um, this year um, definitely want to do a lot better and um, yeah I think um, the way we sort of take out last week the way we've been playing um, you know we can work on a few things and I reckon um, we're a big chance of playing well this week. Waiting until the last game of the weekend on Sunday to play your final. How will the nerves be by the time you've watched the other three? Um, for myself personally, yeah, not, I'm all right. I, um, I sort of, yeah, I don't really get too nervous before a game and I don't, I can't really sort of switch on too early because I don't play the game in my head and, you know, go out there and I'm pretty useless. So <laughs> I don't usually switch on until I get to the game. So I shouldn't be too bad, but um, I'm just going to treat it like it's any other game and, um, yeah, just work me back side off. Mitch, I think you've had, I think you've had your best year in your your very early uh, NRL career. I think you've been outstanding this year. I love your aggression, your offloads, and you've also added a little bit of uh, ball playing into your game as well. But Tyson Frizzell coming to the club, it, you formed a really good back row partnership. It, what's he brought to your game? Is he 
Is it interesting watching him, a guy that's been playing at the top level for so long, and how he goes about things? Yeah, he's oh massive. As soon as he comes to the club, um, I've sort of hanging off him a bit, just trying to, you know, grab every little bit of knowledge or, uh, you know, work ethic or whatever it was about him. Just tried, you know, sort of taking it and um, running with it. And he's just the ultimate professional for his. Um, you can see why he's played at the top level for so long. He just, he does all the little things when no one's watching. Um, but in terms of, you know, on the field, um, he's, when you need someone to sort of step up for a big carry or whatnot, he's always that guy that's been doing it. So that's one thing I really noticed about him. And um, he's competing on every play, which, you know, I try and do myself. Mm. All right, mate, and you have been. And Sats gave you a wrap, and, and uh, you no doubt deserve it. Just looking back at um, when you played the Eels earlier this year, middle of the year, they, they pumped you 40 points to four. Um, and I guess that would still be a bit raw. But you were, you were without, um, I think, Mitch Pearson and Caelan Ponga at that stage, mm. weren't you? So things should be a little bit different. Your, your halves a bit more settled and your fullback back. Yeah, we. Um, I think we're missing a few people that day. I think Big D stuff might have been in origin as well, maybe. And, oh, yes. Uh, a couple of injuries and expansions. But... Um, yeah, look, it's, um, we, we got them back now and, um, you know, we. the main thing is, apart from last week when everyone was sort of in, our defence is where it needed to be. We were working hard for each other and um, I think whenever you're defending well, you're, you know, a chance of performing well. Um, and that's all we, we we need to go out this weekend with a, you know, real defensive uh, mindset and, um, yeah, just go out there and work hard like it's their last game because potentially it's elimination so it could be. Mm. Yeah, it could be. DSAF, that Daniel Saifidi and... Yep. Yeah, and Daniel Saifidi, so, sorry. So, so JSAF, he's back this week too, <laughs> pair of them. Yeah. <laughs> they've been, they've yeah. been great, the young blokes. So I'm just... They're, they're, oh, you know, you're kind of thinking, oh, they're 21, 22. They're 25 now. Sats and I met them a few years ago. They're just 18, champion, champion yeah. young blokes. Yeah, great, great young lads. Haven't they come along well, mate? They're great to have them both back in uh, for the big game. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, yeah, everyone sort of forgets how sort of you know long they've been around for. Mm. Uh, I feel like they've been around for ages, but. Um, yeah, look, I think uh, they're both stepped up this year. Um, even though Daniel's already in the rep arena and, you know, performing really well there, uh, I thought he sort of stepped up again this year and so did Jacob. Um, you know, Jacob sort of had a couple of consistent years with uh, without injury now and um, you're seeing what he can do. So uh, if we can keep them boys on the paddock, uh, you know, long term, uh, you know, we're just going to be a lot better with them in the side. Caelan Ponga without Connor Watson next year, how's he going to cope? Oh, who knows? Um, <laughs> they're, they're usually sort of uh, side by side, or you know, you're having a conversation with one of them, the other one sort of sneaking about. But um, he'll be right, KT. He's moved um, one of his other mates down from the sunny coast, and yeah, I'm sure he'll move straight in and take Connor's place. Yeah, what are you made of Jake Clifford and. Um, and Mitchell Pierce's relationship. I mean, since coming to the club, they've had a bit of success together. Both, I think, it was the first loss they had together last week. Yeah, I think um, Cliff sort of compliments Junior well. Uh, you know, he's obviously got a good kicking game, got a big boot, and um, 
I think that was sort of, you know, it's helped juniors kicking game a lot more. Um, and, yeah, Cliff's a bit of an organiser as well. Um, so that sort of takes a bit more pressure off junior. So, um, yeah, that, uh, obviously last week wasn't the performance, but apart from that, I can't fold him. Uh, um, right has, have you seen Jake as he's getting older? Is he growing an ass yet? He's got no ass. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. It's, uh, that's the running joke around here. He, um, yeah, I've never met a bloke with the, you know, calves as long as he attached to the back of his neck there somewhere. <laughs> this is Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. The winners, the losers, the how and the why. Let's get stuck into our off-the-bench footy tips. Yeah, let's do it. Double header at uh, Queensland Country Bank Stadium in, um, where is it, Townsville? Townsville. Jeez, it's going to be a cracking day in Townsville, isn't it? <laughs> what a great day. Oh. Double header in finals. <laughs> Who ever thought we'd have a double header for finals? It's, uh, yeah, it's in amazing. New, in, in Rockhampton. Uh, in, yeah. Sorry, in Townsville. Who would have thought have that as go. well? Did you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mate. It's just, I'm Who just... ever thought we'd see a final in Rockhampton? <laughs> That's right. Tomorrow. Mm. Or Sunday, I should say. Yep. Uh, absolutely incredible. Roosters, Titans. Uh, tough one. Mm. Roosters got Joe Maria Hargraves coming back. Josh Morris came back last week. And Victor Radley, who's a huge in. A lot of finals experience. But an ageing roster up against a Titans team that are young. Uh, adventurous. Only won 10 games and 14 losses this year to to make the finals. What? Yeah, exactly. It's it's ridiculous that you can Even play Oprah. finals. Yeah. Um, but now, Come on, that's ridiculous. It is ridiculous, Jeff. But they're in, and it all starts from scratch now. Everyone starts on zero points, and so they'll get an opportunity to, to forget about what their season was like and start again. So in saying that, I'm going to take the Roosters, but I don't think it's going to be by much. If it comes down to a a two- or four-point game, I think the Roosters win it. If there's going to be a team that's going to blow another team off the park, I think the Gold Coast Titans have the ability to do it. So I'm going to say the Roosters by four. Right. Sammy Walker to come off the bench and, again, be the difference. Uh, the winner goes through to week two of the finals. We say goodbye to the loser. The second game, Queensland Country Bank Stadium in Townsville. Uh, second place, Panthers taking on third place, Rabbitohs. As a mad Rabbitohs supporter, I, I can't even see how we're going to do this. I can. I, I can because the ability of Wayne Bennett to find something extra when something's missing. Um, you look at the South Sydney side and the talent that they have got right across the park. And they lose Latrell, who's a huge part of that team. But you look at what, what Wayne Bennett did with that Origin team in November last year, who had probably 20% of the ability of this South Sydney team across the park. So that's 20% is probably being a, bit, a little bit too heavy. But in saying that, he, what I'm saying is he's got the ability to find something extra in big games. And all he's got to do, he's got to do it for, he's got to do it for two weeks, possibly three weeks mm. through a grand final and preliminary uh, grand final qualifiers. So um, does that mean I think they're going to win? No, I don't think they will. I think Penrith will beat them. But I don't think people should expect this to be as as plain sailing as what a lot of people are expecting this from the, from the Panthers. The Panthers have gone with Cleary back. They're looking really good. They're looking really streamlined. But this south side, I mean, their greatest asset is their man sitting in the grandstand. 
Will South make their third preliminary final in a row this year, do you think? Or is it fourth? Third. Third. Will South make it through to grand final? No, prelim. We'll keep getting knocked out in the prelims. Mm. Can they make it that far or do you reckon they'll go out in straight sets? Come on, mate. It's just a yes or no. No. They won't make the prelims. They'll go out in straight sets. There you go. Big call from Scott Sattler. Jesus, his father is a legend of the side. He could have faked it. (laughs) Sunday other, Eels versus Knights, cracker. Absolute cracker in Rockhampton, Brown Park. Yeah. I think Newcastle win this game. I think Newcastle win. I think the players that they brought in, and yes, both teams rested a lot of players. Um, but what I liked about what Newcastle did last week, they played Mitch Pearce and Kalen Ponga, mm. and they brought them off about seven or eight minutes into the second half. At least they got some game time. Mm. Both teams haven't been playing well enough to to rest players. But I think Newcastle's been going better than Para. Now, Para beat Melbourne. I know that. But then they rested Moses and Dylan Brown and Gutherson had to add a knee Niggling knee injury. Uh, Isaiah Papali'i, for some reason, who I think has been their best player all year, has been picked on the bench. That may change. We're not quite sure. But I think Newcastle with Jaden Braley coming back, the Saifidi boys coming back, Barnett Brink coming back, yeah. Tyson Frizzell coming back. Their, their, their greatest strength is their forward pack and their halves combination. And the difference is Ray Stone and Hooker from Parramatta, really good utility player, but picked up Hooker. Jaden Braley, a recognised hooker for the Knights. That could be the difference. Yeah, right here. Okay, there you have it, the tips for first week of the finals. Before we go, on Off the Bench, what's got us excited across the weekend of sports? I've got a feeling uh, we're going to mention the same thing here. Yep. You go. My Patriots playing New New Orleans Saints. Ah. Week one of the NFL. Yeah, well, my Cowboys are already played. Um, yeah, I love the NFL. I love it. You know what it does? It fills that void as well between end of rugby league season through to starter NRL season. Yep. It's just – it's a magnificent beast. And it's only one of some sports I'm allowed to watch on Christmas Day as well. Yeah, that's what I like about it. Oh, you wake up and you've got you your know, ham really sandwich, like, your shorts. I'd love to be in America and living in one of these cities yep. where you just – not Green Bay, not your town. Too cold. Oh, Wisconsin. I just got to wear a big cheese on your head. I don't mind that. I would love <laughs> to just be able to just be one of those tribal fans that just lives and breathes. Go to the tailgate parties. And... But you hate your quarterback, so you'd be throwing. Yeah, stuff I'm not a big Aaron Rodgers fan. <laughs> I, I still don't get that. I know that. statistically that he's one of the best, but and, and, I don't think he. I, I, I think he freezes in the moment. Well, it's cold. In big games. <laughs> it's cold in Green Bay, mate. We just talked about that. Um, AFL finals prelims. Looking forward to those too. Yep. Uh, we've yeah, big weekend of sport. Huge weekend. Have a good one. Uh, we will be back next week, mate. Only about three more shows of this to go this year. Mm. I'm going to miss it. If the if the listeners want us to continue, just let us know. Yeah, uh, write to us. <laughs> Well, don't know where, but just write to us. It'll Stamped come to us. letter. Yeah, just a return no. envelope. Uh, have a good weekend, everybody. See ya. <laughs>